This is the Horse Radio Network. Hello, everyone. This is producer Jimmy with episode number 525, A Best Of. The gang is out today, so we're rolling things back to December 16th, 2017, when Olympic bronze medalist Allison Brock told us all about the charity organization, The Brook USA, and also stuck around for the total saddle fit trainer tip. Plus, Rachel Sawinski shared her horsey cookie recipe. Listen in. <laughs> Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, Phil, welcome Hi, back. Hi, guys. We I'm back. You. you only had to do one show without me, and it sounds like you did an amazing job. Well, you know, what can I say? <laughs> Actually, I had a really good guest. Robert Dover is, uh, if you're going to get somebody to help you, help you out, he's, he's your guy. He was fantastic. And he talked about his, um, get home safe campaign, um, which is in Wellington, but I thought it was just a great, uh, just a reminder for all of us going to our holiday parties to make sure you have a, a DD or, or you're also getting home safe. So, uh, have a plan. So that, yeah. Have a plan. yeah. So have I thought plan. that was an Uber. Just, yeah. Taxi. Something. Don't Friend. drink. You could always do that. Yes, yes. Or uh, have a have a kid. Have a, uh, I had a mom here who said her her daughter drives, and she's like, I I she can she can drive me home. So what? However, however you want to get home, we don't care. We find just a pregnant person. Yes, all these things. There's so many ways. So, uh, but it was it was really fun. We missed you though. It would have been fun interview to have you on the show. Uh, but we are we're kind of doing doing this month. I think uh, that that kind of our our spirit of of. Um, community message or however you want to say it. Um, Allison Brock is coming on the show today to talk about the Brook USA. And I hope everybody enjoys that message. It's another really fantastic charity we talk about here on the show. Uh, but before we get to Allison, uh, Phil, tell us what you have been up to for the last two weeks. Well, after our holiday radiothon, I, I just, well, I, I had planned it all before, but we jumped on a plane and we flew the 26 hours or whatever it was to Australia. Wow. And so this is, yeah, a place I've never been before and uh, was really curious to check it out. Um, and we traveled all around. We landed in Sydney, was there a couple of days. Then we went up the East Coast, more to the north, to Cairns, um, where we visited the Great Barrier Reef. We actually stayed on a boat for three days, maybe it was four, three or four days. We were hanging out, doing a lot of snorkeling, yeah, and then down to Melbourne, uh, way down to the south, uh, still on the east coast. We didn't get up to the west coast, but um, and we were touring a nature preserve or a national park called Wilson's Promontory. Uh, we did a lot of hiking there for a few days, and then back to Sydney. And I really, really enjoyed Australia. I found that you know. My conclusion was that, like, it, it's like Canada or North America, but like completely opposite. So you can you drive. I was driving around, so you drive around, and all the you know everything's normal, traffic lights, stops, whatever. But you just drive on the other side of the road. Yeah. And you know, and we we did a lot of touring of wildlife, and you know they have, you know, lots of wildlife, but it's but they're all like marsupials. They're just completely different. So instead of having deer, there was 
kangaroos jumping around, which are really weird. And, uh, you know, all kinds of birds. So instead of having boring, we, we have a lot of brown, black type of birds here in Canada. There they have parrots and parakeets and lorikeets and just ver- a lot of color in their, in their animals. And uh, it was really interesting. And I visited my friend who uh, has a small riding school. And here's a cool thing. So in, in the area that she, um, that she has her horses, they have all these little um, small farms, like five, ten acres, where they keep the horses. And, and because of the climate, the horses mostly live out. But instead of everybody having their own kind of arenas and, and riding yeah. stables, and, and then say, they, there's a community uh, giant outdoor arena where you know people from these small farms that all live around it go and ride, and, and it's... And it's owned by the township and you can have your lessons there they have jumps and stuff that you know that are there that are set up or you can use and it's like a real you know community supported thing you know for athletes and and for people who want to enjoy riding and i thought that was like really awesome because we don't have anything like that here in canada and i haven't really witnessed anything that's not privately owned in the u.s that you know that anyone can use and is maintained and it's nice and horsey kind of experience that is so cool yeah yeah i mean we saw lots of wildlife and it was amazing you know so um i don't know lots of other stuff i'm sure but i'm still sort of sleep deprived and feeling kind of (laughs) crappy today so uh i gotta get around to editing and posting some facebook photos and you know all that kind of stuff but um I'm excited. I'm feeling I'm, I'm kind, kind of like a zombie today. So I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, we're <laughs> glad you're here. We missed you. Um, and it's been, you know, it's, I can't wait to see the pictures. So you'll yeah. have to put some up on the dressage radio show uh, page as well. So people can see, yeah, them, see if so. I can find some horse, some horsey photos. Otherwise yeah. it's all like birds and kangaroos, you know, if you're Which interested I in that, then cool. check out my Facebook yeah, page, check, but, check out uh, Phil's page and some underwater stuff and you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, had a, just a really wonderful time, and all the people were great. And um, you know, other other unlike some other you know these big trips we've been on, it was really nice to kind of um, have a you know a language that was the same, so you can get around really easy and just sure. you know sort of you know nothing to worry about you know reading or you know not being able to read a sign or to be able to communicate with somebody. So that made it really super easy. And then uh, the currency conversion. So one. U.S. dollar, one Canadian dollar equaled one Aussie dollar. So it was like, oh wow, you know, just spending here. So it's really it was really so easy. It's cheaper as as for goes. us Americans. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I think you still get a few cents on each dollar to uh, yeah. to oh, uh, cool. for the exchange rate. So that's kind of nice for you guys too. Yeah. Yeah, but cool. it is a I, long I way to go, us. and long and way. 16 hours difference was was a huge change. That was tough to adjust yeah. to, and now I'm trying to adjust back. So. Oh yeah, it's like a whole day. Wow. Wow. Well, it's, yeah. it's on uh, Travis and I's bucket list for sure. I, we've always wanted to go and uh, we missed you, but we're glad you had a safe trip. And it does sound like an amazing, amazing place to go. You, you and Meredith go on the best vacations. Really, hands <laughs> down, to. of all we the people to, I know. Try and do it all, you know? Go on some pretty amazing vacations. I, I think we need to like jump on, on the bandwagon too. You, you, we want to go with you next time. I don't know what's up next, but we want to know. So, well, I'm going to really tell cool. you what's not next is the uh, the Horse Lovers Cruise is up next. That's in February. Horse Lovers Cruise. I know. <laughs> well, I'm excited because I get to see you guys in Florida and that'll be so yeah, we're gonna fun. Stop, we're going to stop by and yeah, we're going to check, you know, 
say hi to all my all my lovely american friends i'm going to try and visit them as as uh as much as possible before we jump on the cruise ship and i guess we're doing where are we going to the bahamas yeah it must be i'm not sure i'm not sure caribbean anyways caribbean ah that'll be cool I love it. I love it. Well, real. our next guest is actually somebody very special to me, uh, but she's going to come on and give a little holiday cheer. It's that time of year. Christmas is, oh my, it's only, it's 11 days away. Just around the corner. Wow. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just around the corner. So I hope everybody enjoys Rachel Sawinski and her horse cookie recipe. Well, tonight we have literally one of my favorite people on. Uh, we have Rachel Sawinski, who is a new auditor at the Horse Radio Network. And full disclosure, Rachel has been part of my Maple Crest team for, oh, I don't even know, Rachel. How long have you been with me? Two and a half, three years? I don't even know. Um, but it has Rachel, been six years. Six years. Oh, my gosh. Ra- Rachel, years. welcome to the show. <laughs> six years. And she Thank still you. answers Three, the phone when I call. it really does actually it really it really does rachel came and joined our team she was fresh literally fresh out of college and uh she literally has been such a great part of our team and and was really one of the most talented no you are the most talented assistant i have ever had uh it's it's, it's pretty true it's pretty true um rachel tell us what your current job is uh, so I am a graphic designer at the USHJA, the United States Hunter Jumper Association. And a mom to how many ponies? Oh, my goodness. So I have my two personal ponies, and then I take care of four other ponies for a very sweet lady. So I have six total that are under my uh, responsibilities in addition to my full-time job. Yes, and two wonderful horses <laughs> of your own, and one wonderful outlaw who also is a very good up and coming dressage pony if I do have to brag a little um, <laughs> <laughs> but Rachel you brought so you are our Christmas segment of the day um, and yeah. to our Christmas party we had a very very fun Christmas party last week for Maple Crest we have a wonderful uh, client Miss Pam who always has us over to her home and it's just it's become a cr- Christmas tradition for all of us here at Maple Crest Farm but you brought quite possibly the best shareable <laughs> item can you tell us about it? Yes. So I brought horse treats because I'm not really much of a cook or a baker. And Miss Pam is so good at that and takes care of everyone. So I brought little goodies for the horses. And I actually found this recipe on um, Smart Pack. They did an awesome blog and video. And I thought, this is perfect. It's Christmas cookies for the ponies. I love it. How'd you make them? They were so, well, actually, the horses are still enjoying them. <laughs> so they're super easy. They are just two cups of whole wheat flour, two cups of rolled oats, a cup of shredded carrots, two-thirds of a cup of molasses, and a very ripe banana. And uh, their recipe is super cute because they roll them out and make cute little shapes with cookie cutters. I, however, am a little on the lazy side, and I made little balls and put peppermints in them. So what I did was I preheated the oven to 375 and I put a parchment paper on the cookie sheet because the molasses is really sticky and kind of gross. And so I rolled my little balls and I baked them for 10 minutes. And then after I pulled them out of the oven and they cooled a little bit, I stuck a little peppermint in each one of them. So they're super easy. Good. And they're super easy and they have little, um, they have the idea of doing little seeds for decorations and stuff like that. But, like I said, I took the uh, lazy man's way and just decorated them with peppermints. But I think the ponies like them just the same. 
Oh, I think there has not been a pony around here. Now, granted, we don't have any picky eaters at Maple Crest Farm. Uh, everybody <laughs> loves it, but they were so cute. And I'm not going to lie. I even have a bite of them, and they're very good. <laughs> they're very delicious. <laughs> yeah, they're, there's nothing in them that you couldn't eat. So I don't see yeah. why not. Yeah. Well, I joke because I was great. bringing them in the house because I was trying to make sure that I told everyone, these are for the horses. But really, they, they don't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> they were delicious. I love it. It's so cool. So Rachel, what are you up to for the holidays? What do you do with you and your ponies? Anything special? My ponies actually get a vacation because I am off gallivanting and visiting family. So my ponies get a nice long vacation while I visit family, but um, I board my two and they will get their Christmas cookies from the barn owner. So they will not be left out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Rachel, real quick before you go, how do you, how have you enjoyed the auditor page? It is awesome. I've had so much fun. It's so cool to see everybody sharing their ponies and their stories and kind of have the inside view of everything. It's really cool. Well, we are so glad you joined the auditor page. You've been listening to the radio show. I think I forced you in the beginning because I needed you to tell me beginning. how we were doing. There was a force, <laughs> but, <laughs> but now you listen on your own. And uh, we just love having you part, as part of our family and part of the Horse Radio Network family. And we hope you have a wonderful Christmas. And uh, we, will, we will get this recipe. We will put it up on the Dressage Radio Show Facebook page uh, so everybody can figure out how to do it. Uh, and Rachel did a fantastic job. So I'm sure on the auditor page, she can answer any questions if anybody has them. But Rachel, have yeah, a very, thanks. very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we will talk to you soon. Great. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, that was fun, Phil. A little bit of holiday cheer. We need it. And uh, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we have a really fun interview with Allison Brock, who is an Olympian, and I uh, hope you enjoy it as much as we did. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. Well, tonight we are so honored to have member of the 2016 Rio Olympic bronze medal team, Allison Brock, an FEI rider and trainer on the program. Allison, welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Glad to I'm be here. I'm, I'm so sad that we haven't gotten you on before. It's so exciting to have you. We're really happy you came. Well, I'm glad you called. It's, this, is, <laughs> this will be good. 
So you just got back. I've been watching it on Facebook. And you uh, and Casey Perry Glass and J.J. Uh, Tate went on um, a very important mission to Guatemala with the Brook USA. And um, we, that's what we have you on to tell us a little bit about your journey and what you were doing for the Brook USA. Yeah. So uh, Casey, J.J., and myself are ambassadors for Brook USA. And um, I... Of course, um, I work for Fritz and Claudine Kundrun, and they are, I think, one of the major, or if not the biggest donor for Brook USA in the country. And so I got involved with um, Brook because of the Kundruns. And um, for people that don't understand or don't know about the the organization, basically it's a, a worldwide organization that's based in the UK, but now we have an American branch offshoot, Brook USA, and it. It's located in Egypt and Pakistan and Ethiopia and India, and they just went into Guatemala. Um, and basically, they they teach people how to take care of their working donkeys, mostly donkeys and mules and horses, if they have them, and provide vet care and build shelters and like shade shelters and also provide wells and watering areas for these animals um, because what we don't, you know, as we don't use them anymore in, in the U.S. As, as working animals per se around the world, they are still completely legitimate. They, they, these people depend on them every day to, to bring goods to the market or carry water or transportation for themselves or and the animals, I mean, if they're not healthy and they're not well taken care of, it directly affects the families that that they're in. So part of what I love, like, about the Brook is that it's when you, you know, help or when you get involved with an organization like this, yes, you're helping the animals for sure, but you're also helping the people. So it's, it's very symbiotic. And um, we had been asked to go to Guatemala and... Um, observe what the brook has been doing down there and guatemala is the most recent country that the brook has gone into so they've only been involved for about a year um, they partnered with another equine welfare organization and the acronym is esap but it's it's all in spanish and i'll butcher it so i'm not gonna <laughs> even try um but basically we you know flew into guatemala city Went to Antigua for a night, got up the next morning, drove four and a half hours to Zacapa, which is called considered the dry region of the country, and went into in a very four-wheel drive vehicle up the up these mountains, up into these very remote villages to see uh, you know, the Brook and ESAP team who had already been up there working for um the last year what they were actually doing and looking at the condition of the donkeys and the relationship that ESAP and the Brook had built within these communities, you know, with everybody, you could clearly see that the people were a happy they were there and B trusted them and were engaged. And to be honest, it was mostly women. Yeah. It ended up being mostly women that, that were there because a lot of the men, like at least in this time of the year, are down in the Valley, um, harvesting crops. So it was, it was very, very interesting for us to see. And you could really see the difference, um, you know, because, of course, we drove through and saw a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, you could really feel the presence of the brook in these villages when you looked at the, the donkeys. You know, they weren't overloaded with 
with water canisters and they weren't, they looked good. Their condition was good. Um, we had an activity where we were building feeders out of old tires and, and, um, you know, pieces of wood just to, to get the food off the ground for them. And, and everybody was involved and everybody was engaged. And you, we distinctly got the feeling that they weren't putting a show on for us, that this is like what they do, you know, that they come in and, and do it. And you could just really see the ease between the people and, and the, uh, ESAP and Brooke, the two guys that were actually running the program. It was very obvious to us that, that what they were doing was far reaching and had really been helpful to the community and especially the animals. So Ali, I just was wondering, um, you know, what was your expectation going in and how did the reality uh, live up to that about this trip to, to remote Guatemala? You know, it was really hard because like going into Rio, you know, we, that was my first time in South America and, you know, that was my first time seeing, I mean, severe poverty on a level, you know, and I have to bring Rio up because the, you know, you had the extremes of, you know, people that were living in, I mean, mega beautiful enclaves and we went into malls that were nicer than some of the malls I've ever been in America. And then, you know, the favelas going up the mountain where literally there's no, there's no water, there's no electricity, there's no sewage system, there's no nothing. And these people are living in tin shacks. So I was a little bit thinking that I was going to see some of that. And Guatemala was different in the way where I felt like nobody was like, there was definitely plenty to eat. You know, everybody had enough that way. Um, but also culturally, like these these people up in these remote villages, I mean, they choose to stay up there. And it's this weird cross section between a dirt floor and then they've got a cell phone. So and still no running water. So they're getting their water out of the creek. So it was kind of it's hard to really understand why you know, they're hanging on to their cultural. Um, I mean, I, I understand why they're hanging on to their cultural stuff, but they still are trying to evolve and branch out a little bit. And, and I just kept saying, I kept saying to myself, I'm like, Oh, I hope these girls get out. Like, mm-hmm. I hope they come down the mountain because they're smart. They, we, we were surrounded by kids. They were all smart. I mean, the people were lovely. Uh, I never felt unsafe in Guatemala, even though we were way out there and, you know, they could have just basically taken us and pushed us off a cliff if they felt like it. Um, never felt unsafe. Whereas in real life, I didn't feel very safe ever, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was just a different energy between mm-hmm. the, the two. So, and you, and you were telling us how what the, the donkeys do for these families. I mean, that was what was incredible off the air. What, tell us a little bit about the lives of these animals compared to our animals. Like our animals need to be uh, our little princesses. I mean, t- what are those? Right. What do the families need those donkeys to do? They absolutely need those donkeys to haul water for them. That's mm-hmm. one of the big things. And I'm telling you, when I'm t- saying these villages don't have water, I mean it. Like they are walking, they are hiking to a creek to get their water. And if the animal isn't doing it, the people are doing it. And it's, that is bloody hard work. I mean, and I would say those little donkeys were taking at least when you were to do the math, it was probably, probably close to a hundred pounds worth of water up and, you know, back and forth. Um, 
you know, they'd have to go down the creek and get filled up and loaded up and then go back to the house. And the women told us they do that at least twice a day, wow. at least twice a day. And then the other thing too, is that again, they're, they're so remote and so high up off, out off these villages. They use those donkeys for transport. So, and, and it's hard to comprehend, but it's so rocky and so slippery. Like you need a massive four wheel drive type of vehicle to get up there. And other than that, it's like you want that or you want a donkey and you don't want anything in between. So really difficult. Um, I mean, they, they have incredibly hard lives. And we saw lots of these donkeys packing people up and down the mountain. And then also, like, they would sell firewood in the villages. So these suckers would be stacked, like, the firewood would be piled high on these little donkeys walking all the way down to the village to sell the, the firewood. And then they'd carry their own or back. And then also... You know, these people farm, so anything, corn, all that stuff, all those, all of those things would get loaded up and moved on donkeys. So they're incredibly, like, it's incredibly important, the, the health and the well-being and the care of these donkeys are completely, uh, I mean, so important to these people. Otherwise, they're doing all that. And it's already what I'd call a hard life. And, so, and what does the brook teach them to do with the donkeys? Like what is what is their role? The brook's actual role there. Well, they start with a teaching them that they have feelings, and <laughs> they encourage them. to... Well, uh, you laugh, but I'm going to yeah. tell you, Guatemala was the last country in Central America. Last in 2016, they finally passed a law saying it's illegal to abuse animals. So you could <laughs> technically take your donkey out in the middle of the street. And kill it in front of people, and there was no repercussion for you. Now, they finally have have changed that. So that's the mentality they were coming into, mm-hmm. where there's no, there's no value, and they literally were like, there's no, they don't feel anything. They don't feel pain. So that's, so they teach them, like, they're like, you need to name your donkey, so that it's now not just a thing. You know, it's a being. And basic stuff, like they need access to water clean water every day and they need to be fed at least twice a day and how to pack you know like the packs they make for them so that they don't rub them they taught them like when we were there we did an activity where we built cedars for the donkeys out of old tires and and wood um we built halters that wouldn't rub on them literally from rope and like how to size it and stuff like that and and then basic basic vet care so, um, like, I know that that sounds really, really loud. Oh, know, I mean, teach them a name and that they have feelings, but I mean, that's literally what they were walking into and the brook's only been there a year. So that's why when I say you could see the relationship between the villagers and the donkeys and the, that things were a little different, that's because they, they are a little different mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, really really valuable stuff. And, and I know it's really, because it's not in our own country, it's really easy to just sit there and go, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, I came out of that trip and I'm sure JJ and Casey would tell you the same thing. All of us came out of that trip going, wow, we have to, we have to work so much harder and, and educate people and, and get more people involved with this because this is such a great program and you can see the benefit. And on top of that, you know, your dollar, whatever spent, it gets stretched incredibly far in places like that. So, 
we just felt we came out of it going, wow, this is really hard to see and good to see, but we're, all of us feel more invigorated about, about what the brook does after seeing it in person and seeing it, what these animals deal with. Allison, if people wanted to donate, this is a great time of year to donate. Um, yep. how, how do they do that? Um, the easiest thing to do is to go, I think it's brookusa.org. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. the website you can go to. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can, absolutely. you can read all stories about what they're doing and, you know, all over yeah. and, and uh, get more in-depth research about the, about the organization there and, and also find out, you know, uh, where your money's going and, and how yeah. helpful and useful it is as, as you've told us today. So I think it's a very worthwhile project to, uh, to look into and to, to give money to. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. And they have, I know, because I, I actually um, have kind of changed how I do Christmas and, and I end up, I, I ask people where they'd like me to give money and I donate in their name. And so I've done that quite a bit with the Brook and then some other organizations, but I, they, I know that the Brook is set up to easily accommodate those kind of things. So, and, and with, and in a good, like you really, you know what you're paying for, you know, Right. Maybe you're paying for shots or maybe you're paying for hoof trimming or right. maybe you're paying, you know, contributing to a, a vet visit for something. So, and they have it all very clearly marked out and you can also see which country and, and this and that. And it's, and it's good. It's really, really good. Well, one of the things that too, because I'm privy on the other side, like with the Cunnerans is Brooke shows up and they literally show up with a whole, like with a business plan. And they say, we're, we need this much money because we're going to do this, 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 and this. And they literally do. If you donate and you say, yep, this is great. I'm on board. They literally come back and say, look what we did. Here's a video. Here's, you know, photographs. Here's this and this. Here's where everything was spent. It's, it's really run like a business that way. So again, you know, you don't feel like you're just dumping money into a pot that, or a pit that you never see the results of what, what you're actually in a way investing in. And that's again, better care and health and living condition for these working animals. And then the people that own them. So it's a good, it's a good, really good organization. And I'm really proud to be part of it. Well, and I think it's really cool how you say you're not only helping the animals, you're also helping families and, and getting through their daily, daily lives doing yep. uh, getting water and uh, firewood for their family. So, you know, that, that's what's neat about this organization. I completely agree. And and it was really cool to, to follow your um, journey because it, you could tell it was a very emotional and difficult journey oh, yeah. Um, yeah. To, to see. And, and I think, you know, just bringing more awareness to all of these countries is, is incredibly important. So uh, we thank you guys. We thank you. I, I, like I said, I watched the journey and, and also um, really uh, like the Brook and, and like what they do for everybody. So everybody, please, uh, thebrookusa.org, uh, go and, and figure out, uh, you know, find out a little bit more about where your money's going to go. So, um, but Allison, you have been so kind to actually stay on the line uh, to do our total saddle fit tip of the week and you've got a great tip for our listeners so can you tell us a little bit about it yeah i was trying to when you say that would really you know might be a good visual for people and one of the things when i'm teaching like lateral work like in the half passes 
um, in the trot and the canners is that many, many people pull back too much on the horses, even though they're actually going forwards and sideways. So I tell people, I'm like, you know, really have the feeling that you've got your arms bent and you're pushing your grocery store cart around, you know, like, like you would be as you ride the half pass, you have that kind of feeling, that kind of intention going into it. And that, that, you know, it's forward and, um, really non-restricted in a way like the horse is set up and then you go and here we go and again i feel like pushing a cart is one of the best analogies for that with a like as long as you have a bent arm um and that becomes if you can kind of take on that that visual that becomes really helpful especially as you start speeding things up like in the pre-saint george with your zig and zag or then the i1 you know with the three in the canner and then of course the grand prix that, that you maintain that forward momentum, but you're still pushing your card out in front of you. So you're not pulling the contact back to you. It's, does that sound, I yeah, mean, I've no. never seen anyone go around the grocery store, pulling their card backwards and still going. Forward. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Everybody gets so concerned that they want to be going sideways that they forget that, that the contact has to be non-restrictive and that the horse has to, you know, reach with every stride. To, to go right. forward you have to teach a horse how to go forward and sideways but most importantly yeah. always forward first and and you can develop sideways over time it's not that you know the first time that you do a half pass or even a leg yield that that the horse is supposed to be able to achieve maximum crossing that's something that we all work towards and develop over years and that yeah. it it happens through you know gymnastic exercises that the horse learns to reach over if you just you know restrict the horse and kick sideways you're not achieving the the gymnastic part of it and and the muscle development that needs to occur to have correct movements that you're going to bring into the show ring that you're going to get rewarded by the judges so um you know i really like the thought and and i and we all i think we all understand that but i think it just takes years of developing the idea and that if you're at all ever riding backwards it's it's not going to work for you and you're not going to learn how to how to ride the right way. I think, uh, you know, riding a half halt is great and, and doing a few steps and then going straight and developing your balance is great. Um, but just restricting and kicking sideways is, is one of my pet peeves as well. So I'm glad yeah, that you brought this I, tip I to us. Yeah, I have real issues. Yeah, if they kick and pull at the same time, I, I, it makes me twitch. I can't handle yeah. that. So. Yeah. It's just not fair to the horse, I think. And it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's totally contradictory. So I, that's why I, I, I break things up. And I, you know, when I'm doing lateral work too, not to go on into this too much, but you know, if my horse gets out of balance or if I feel like the forehand is leading too much and I, and I've lost the, whatever I'm looking for, whether it's a leg yield or if, you know, if they're not parallel enough, I take my leg off, I stop driving and then I do a half halt. So I, I allow the hind leg to catch up. I stop the forehand, allow the hind leg to catch up, and then I yield my hand, and which again, it's forward riding, and then I put my leg on. So it's very always about having the horse like in the right position. Then it's easy for them to go forward and sideways, but it's really hard for them to go forward and sideways out of balance and against the hand, you know? So, yeah. I love it. Well, I love that idea of well, pushing thanks. the cart. That's fantastic. Yep. And, you know, I'm thinking actually of the dance move, the, the, the yep. cart where you're dancing on the dance floor, putting your cart in. <laughs> I think it's the same idea, right? Is yep. I think it's a really, really helpful visual and uh, yeah. will help everybody's horse. And, and the other thing is, you know, you guys were touching on it, angle. You know, angle. Yeah. You don't ride the Grand Prix on your first half pass. Right? Yeah. No, no, think no. about, yeah. you know, you like it eventually. Takes, 
years to years. get to the Grand Prix, right? And yeah, so I think, in yeah, if, you, if you're riding leg yield, which is, you know, mo- more basic and, you know, more riders are going to be trying to achieve that first level kind of thing. I think if you just read through the test, those, those angles are not steep. No. You know, the, right. the first uh, first time leg yield occurs, it's in first test two. And it's really, you're going over 10 meters for 40 meters of the ring or whatever. You know, like yep. that's really yep. a gradual, long line. So even the, the test can help you develop an idea of what you're trying to do. And, and, and you're not trying to just fly over to the side of the ring. That's what I see a lot. It's just, look how sideways I can go. And that's yeah. not, that's, ah, not, stop that. that's not the point. Well, it's hard in the horses. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually very hard in your horses physically. Yeah, you can, and, you can uh, cause right. an injury, you know, riding this way and, and it's problematic. So, yeah. yeah. No, I love it. You, you use the test as a guideline and, and develop <laughs> and, and take your yep. time. Yep. And push your cart exactly. forward and sideways. I love it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Practice when you're at the grocery store. It's not hard. Yeah, it's actually, that would make me want to grocery shop more. I'm not going to lie. Keep your arm bent. Keep my arm bent. Drive my car. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. I love it. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really enjoyed having you. And uh, again, if anybody has any questions, contact the brookusa.org uh, and follow Allison's journey uh, in Guatemala. It's really, it's really something special to see. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm really glad you guys had me on. And I'm really glad you, you called me specifically about the Brook. So it's, it's, it's a great, great, great organization. And uh, please, everyone, go to brookusa.org and check it out. Happy holidays. All right. Same to you. Take care. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The Saddle Fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, that was a great Total Saddle Fit tip of the week from Allie Brock. I'm glad she was able to stick on the line with us and and go through uh, some technical stuff. That was fantastic. But as always, everyone, you know how Phil and I love the Total Saddle Fit shoulder relief girth. Uh, It is a great Christmas present. And Justin and his team at Total Saddle Fit, they will do a great job getting out to you before Christmas. I have a feeling if you order within the next couple days, you will have your girth under the Christmas tree. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I need one for my sweet Mikey. Uh, I'm going to, I need, I need the, the total saddle for it with the elastic uh, because he's getting, he's a little girthy. And I think that that girth will really, really solve that problem. So I'm going to call Justin myself uh, to see if I get a little something under I the tree. I need a brown one. Mikey. I need a brown one. Don't forget it comes in brown and black, you know, all the guys. So, 
Uh, we uh, recently outfitted one of our horses with a with a brown saddle. So now I've got to get get him his own girth, and I think he's going to be really happy. So it's a great gift for for your horses. They're going to appreciate it. And uh, uh, if somebody in your life needs a new girth, then there you go. They're going to love it. And it's not it's not like you're going to be breaking the bank to to buy any of these girths. They're really affordable, really great quality product that's going to last you a long time. So. Uh, Check out the website, www.totalsaddlefit.com. Well, everybody, we love email and Facebook shout outs and send us some holiday cheer. We always, always like that. Uh, and breaks Philip and I's day, truly. Uh, we love it. So as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors tonight for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you next week. (laughs) 